0: And fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. As you know, during these podcasts, I like to dive in, go deep, and really bring you people that I love, respect, or that have inspired me in some way. Uh, The gentleman that I'm about to introduce you to, you probably have read his books, or like I have been inspired by him in some way. Uh, I first read his books in 2003 and then have the The the, the privilege of hearing him speak in Orange County in 2004 was blown away. His books, The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, The Divine Matrix, The Turning Point, Deep Truth, Resilience from the Heart, The Science of Self-Empowerment, Human by Design, Wisdom Codes, Fractal Time, one I really loved with the Isaiah Effect, The God Code. Um, Folks, we are in for a real treat. He's a five-time New York Times best-selling author, researcher, educator, lecturer, uh, internationally renowned as a pioneer in terms of bridging modern science, spirituality, human potential, a man that has inspired me, Greg Braden. Greg, welcome to Soul Talk.
1: Hey, I am thrilled to be with you and your audience today, uh, my community, your audience. And, uh, you know, we've never done this before. Uh, I think it's a very auspicious time. Uh, we are unrehearsed, don't know where it's going to go. And brother, I'm happy to follow your lead. There's so much we could talk about today. Let's see, let's see
0: where it goes. Listen, I know we have limited time today, so I'm going to do something I typically don't do. Maybe you can weave it in throughout. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to go into so much of your background. I think people, uh, a lot of people will already know who you are. Uh, but since time is limited, I want to just jump right in, Greg, and just ask you, uh, you know, we're in the midst of this crisis right now on planet Earth, COVID-19, a lot of people are afraid, a lot of people are concerned for their futures, a lot of people are in a state of uncertainty and mm. fear for their health and fear for their security and fear for the future. Can you, you know, as a researcher, as a spiritual teacher, as a, you know, lecturer, scientist, can, can you kind of provide a little perspective? I'd love to hear your perspective on what you feel is, like, what is happening as a species, as a planet, as a, you know, in our human evolution? What, like, what, what is it? What are we going through right now? What do you see that we're going through right now? Give us a context of understanding, because a lot of people are just freaked out. Yeah, well, that's,
1: uh, that's a big topic. <laughs> uh, and, you know, to answer that, to begin that answer, I am going to go back and talk just a little bit about my, my history. Some of our yes. listeners may know, may not know. I'm a scientist. I'm a, I'm yes. a degree earth scientist. I'm a <laughs> geologist. But what a lot of people may not know is that I began my career as a life scientist, as a biologist, a marine Uh, biologist. uh, Uh. And I went from marine biology to marine geology, uh, ultimately to terrestrial geology and physics. Mm. And and I say that because Mm. uh, I have a strong background, molecular biology, genetics, and it's given me the ability to to stay on top of the real science, not the pop science. Mm-hmm. that you're, you're seeing in mainstream media and the commentators. Uh, but the real science is happening behind the scenes and the peer-reviewed uh, updates that are happening almost on a daily basis. I mean, the, there's a journal that is called Science, and so much is happening in the world of science that they now are, are releasing updates. They have for a while. They release updates on a weekly basis because it's too much for a monthly journal. So I'm saying this because what I want to say right now, right off the bat, in response to your question, and I want to say to our our listeners and my community today, is that we are made for times just like this, and that our bodies know exactly what to do in times like this to go beyond surviving, literally to thrive, to transcend what it is that life has brought to our doorstep, and to do it in a really healthy way. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say I'm an optimist by nature, but I'm also a realist. Mm-hmm. And I see very real reasons for optimism, both on a personal level, uh, as well as on a, uh, a, a global level, uh, a, an international level, uh, a level of society, a level of family. I see a lot of, of potential in what it is that we're experiencing right now. So I'm I'm going to begin with that that personal level. Yes, yes. So what, what I want to say is this. The, the, the virus that's out there right now, Yes. it is a strain of a virus that we have, have known in the past. The coronaviruses we've all experienced, we've all known, they're at the bottom of every cold and every flu we've ever had. This is a very unique strain that we've never seen.
0: Mm. A lot of
1: controversy, a lot of question about where it came from and, and how it has come to be as it is. We'll have plenty of time when this is over to go back and, and have those conversations. Right now, we're trying to get through it. Mm. And w- what I want to say is that anyone who has a reasonably healthy immune system uh, has very little to, to worry about in terms of, of losing their lives, of, of dying from from this, uh, because our, our body knows precisely mm. how to how to deal with any kind of a contagion. Uh, those who are vulnerable are all the people that you're hearing about, uh, you know, in the conversations, those who have pre-existing conditions. The problem is a lot of people have pre-existing conditions and they don't know that they're pre-existing conditions. Oh. So with, without judgment or prejudice, I will just say that, that what the science is showing, some of those pre-existing conditions, uh, and, you know, maybe you've got one or maybe you, know, you may have a combination of these. It's not a death sentence, but it is an opportunity to think and live our lives differently. And that's what I want to talk about before the end of this mm. conversation. Mm. So so right now, what the studies are showing is people who are overweight, obesity is uh, is a factor. Uh, people who are diabetic, that's a factor. People who have, you know, any kind of pre-existing uh, conditions with hypertension, high blood pressure, heart conditions, respiratory conditions, all of those kinds of things. Uh, are are considered pre-existing or or cofactors in what's called mor- morbidity. So they mm-hmm. they stack the deck uh, in a way that that's not in our favor. So if you fall into those categories, the first thing to do is is to be honest with yourself and say, yeah, you know, maybe I I could uh, you know do a little bit better with some of those things. And and the beauty of knowing that we are literally wired for times like this is that our bodies will respond so quickly to any improvement that we can make in the factors uh, that, that help our immune system. And are all the things we know about, nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, exercise, sleep, stress, all those things. Nutrition, uh, we've got to give our bodies real food, not mm-hmm. food that, is, that comes from a, uh, a, a factory or that comes from uh, some processed you know, stuff that comes out of a machine, but food that comes from the earth. We've got to give our bodies those things. Mm. Even though some people eat a 100% healthy diet, we all know that the earth is so depleted that we have to supplement uh, our healthy nutrition with supplements.
0: Yes,
1: And, and there are supplements uh, that we can take that are important in the any time. They're critical right now. Things like B-complex, uh, high doses of vitamin c vitamin <coughs> vitamin D, all of those kinds of things are missing from our diet uh, the things that we need today so those those are important. Um, there are other supplements that specifically nature gives us that are are scientifically documented peer review science tells us they are antiviral, and among those are some of the mushroom mm-hmm. mushroom supplements, powdered encapsulated um mushrooms reishi for example turkey tail uh is is another uh, another mushroom that are uh, these are things that uh not only are anti-inflammatory not only are antibacterial but they are antiviral they are proven this isn't um you know hearsay they are scientifically documented with antiviral properties and our in- indigenous ancestors have known this for for a very long time these things have been around for for thousands of years good sleep and it's it's hard to sleep when we are stressed and when we are uh, dealing with anxiety yes good, good sleep is is a factor movement our bodies are made to move movement is medicine mm. and some kind of movement every day is vital ideally we can move outdoors be bathed in in the beauty of nature Uh, And that is a powerful stimulant for the immune system. If that's not possible, indoors, yoga, floor exercises, stationary bicycles, some kind of movement, it's a discipline every single day. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that help. But one of the the greatest factors is the stress. Yes.
0: Uh,
1: And it is the stress that comes from fear. Mm -hmm. And the fear, when people really get down to it, what's interesting is people are afraid that they're going to die. Yes, And the reason that they have this fear is because they've conditioned not to trust their bodies. Right. They've been conditioned to believe that we are powerless victims and that we need a savior in the world. If we are, if we are in these fragile bodies mm. uh, and we have no control over what's happening, I can see why would we would be, be afraid. But what, mm. what the science is telling us, is that our bodies do, in fact, know what to do. And a lot of people actually test positive for COVID-19, the particular virus we're dealing with, mm. and they didn't even know they had it mm. because their immune system is primed to deal with this in the background, as we all do. You know, every year mm-hmm. we come into contact with people, uh, you know, that have colds and the flus, and we don't get that cold in the flu, mm. although we may be carrying it. The, the virus is in our bodies, but our body is so primed uh, with uh, the healthy immune response. In the background, it's doing what it's designed to do, and we go about living our lives. Mm. This virus is a little different because it's new to us. We've never seen it before. Um, uh, It's going to take a season for our bodies to understand how to respond and to build that immunity. There are already some people that have a natural immunity what we call herd immunity is, is kicking in. Mm -hmm. And for people that are in those high risk or those vulnerable categories, you have to be honest with yourself, do what you need to do to stay alive. And, and I want people to know we've got time. We're in lockdown as a planet Mm -hmm. Uh, for the first time. uh, About a third of the entire planet now is locked down about 1.7 billion people. We've never had this simultaneous lockdown. And it's during this time, if you're honest with yourself and you say, yeah, you know, I do what I can, but I, I could probably eat a little bit better. or You know, I, I don't have time. I don't have time to do the exercise. Here's what it comes down to for me. And this is its a very, a very real, very grounded question. This isn't esoteric. It's not new age. It's not new thought. And it perhaps is the most relevant question we could ever ask ourselves right now. And the question is simply this. And I ask myself this question multiple times on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Do I love myself enough to give myself what I need to be at my best? Mm -hmm. Do I love myself enough to have the presence of mind, the awareness to eat what it is that's going to nourish my body and not just fill the emptiness of my stomach? Do I have the presence of mind? I'm busy, you're busy, we're all busy and it's easy. To say we're too busy yes. uh, to, for, for a little exercise, here's the question. Yes, I'm busy. Do I love myself enough mm. to give myself that movement? And the mantra, movement is medicine. It is a rock-solid scientific fact. The more we move, the stronger our immune system becomes. Wow. So do I, love, I, do I love myself enough to go for a 20-minute walk in nature before my next interview? which is actually what's going to happen when you and I finish here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So do I love myself enough? Do I love myself enough to be honest with myself about the choices I make every day in my life without judging my choices, without judging where I've been in the past? We're in this moment right now. Yes. Do I love myself enough to maybe eat a little bit healthier, eat something that Mm -hmm. comes from the earth rather than out of a package? Yeah. And these kinds of choices, once we begin to make these choices, the fear yes. begins to alleviate. And when that fear is alleviated, that stress is alleviated as well. Yeah. So on a, per, a personal level, this is a, a, the opportunity that I see for mm. us all right now. So here, here's what's happening. Mm. We're about to emerge into a new world. The world of the past, when they lift these restrictions, The world Mm -hmm. of the past no longer exists. We're going to travel differently. Many people are going to be without jobs, diminished sources of income. Mm -hmm. Uh, Businesses have evaporated. Life savings have evaporated. There is still going to be a lot of fear in the world. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of everything I'm saying is that world that's about to emerge, it doesn't exist yet because we're building it right now. So here's the choice. Here's the choice where we are right now. When we emerge into that world, we're going to emerge in one of two ways. Either we are going to feel like powerless victims because we've been taught that we need a savior, an external savior of a chemical or a pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. to, to help us to feel safe in our world again. And that is one path and one choice. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong, good, or bad. I'm saying it exists. Another path, another choice is as we take this time, where the external divergence, all of the distractions that we're typically used to of going here and going there and doing this and doing that, those distractions are temporarily suspended. Yeah. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us to go deep within and to become the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. So mm-hmm. that when we emerge from this time of quiet or this time of, of introspection, that new world that we walk into, we walk into that world as masters with a deeper trust in ourselves that empowers us to go forward and love and build the kind of world that we all know is possible. Rather than meekly go into that world, we boldly go into that world. Rather than going into that world as victims, we go into that world as masters. I and, and I have to tell you, on a global level, where I'm seeing this happen between the leaders of the nations who typically have hidden behind their armies and their technology. They're being forced to look at one another as humans, Hmm. husbands and wives and children and families and nations full of billions of people whose lives are in their hands. And that's the common theme that binds these leaders together. And for the first time, perhaps in a long time, Hmm. there is no border or boundary because that virus doesn't know those borders and boundaries. And our leaders are are being asked to work together in ways they never have. And my prayer and what I see happening, I think they're doing it now because they have to, because of the virus. Mm. I think what they're going to find is they like it and it works (laughs) when that virus is gone. Right. Not 100%. I'm I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. Mm. So not 100%, but I think we're going to see a much more cooperative world Mm. emerging from the situation that we're in right now, it's amazing. In That's terms great. of in terms yeah, of fear, Greg,
0: I think you're hitting the. I love everything you're saying. I mean, I think you're just right on point. And uh, I think I can feel the. I think we can all feel the truth of what you're saying deep in our souls. You know, you're speaking to that part of us, and and it, it's kind of calling it forth. In terms of fear, because I think there are a lot of people that are afraid right now. I mean, the media is hypnotizing us and seducing us with fear and panic and and all this 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 energy for those that are afraid what can they do? i mean you have given some ideas in terms of taking care of ourselves but let's say someone's still like but greg I'm, I'm i've got so much fear this panic in my heart i mean i know i should be doing these things i'll do them but how do i deal with the fear i feel i feel paralyzed i feel my kids and my future i feel I, how does someone deal with the internal energy of fear, the belief, the energy, the vibration of fear inside of them, and maybe they feel stuck or possessed by that. How do they shift that, break out of that, move into a different energy inside?
1: Well, of them? I, think, I think we've covered the foundation uh, for that answer. And, and the bottom line is when we hear other people mm. uh, talking to us about what's happening, they are sharing a perspective. Mm. It's their perspective through the eyes, through the lens of what they believe is true and what they've, they've come to understand in their lives. And it's only one perspective. So when we hear uh, that this virus is deadly, it can be to those who are vulnerable. And this is where we have to, to be very honest and ask ourselves, uh, do I fit into those vulnerable categories? And if we do, then I, I think it's important to, to do what we need to do to survive for ourselves and our families. So, for example, uh, they're, they're looking at two different kinds of medications. One is something you take after you have, have uh, experienced the virus and, and you're in trouble and you're having respiratory problems or something like that. Uh, that is definitely a time. I mean, science can only serve us if we keep science honest. And, yes. and science – uh, can only serve us if we're honest with ourselves. If you need respiratory support, by all means, I mean, I'd, I'd do it in a heartbeat if I felt I needed it. Most people who are reasonably healthy and have a reasonably healthy immune system will not need that. The mm. other end is what's called a prophylactic uh, uh, type of, of pharmaceutical. It's a vaccine. And here, here's what's so interesting about this there's a philosophy emerging in in the scientific community that consciousness informs itself through its creations. Uh Think about that. The consciousness is constantly communicating with itself through its creations. So what that invites us to think about the things that we believe we create for diversions, art, music, uh, books that we write, the movies that Hollywood creates mm. is it possible that all of those are much more than entertainment that they are actually us asking us to remember something about ourselves mm. and when you look at the world through that perspective it's very interesting. I mean you go back and look at the movies in the last ten years about global pandemics uh, that have been that have come out and the global pandemics that originate in China and the global pandemics that originate with the same names of what we're originating right now. And people say, well, how did, how did these people know? Well, it's not that they knew it's that, that is where the patterns of behavior logically were leading and in consciousness has been asking us to, to become aware of this. So where this gets really interesting is if our external technology follows these patterns. Consciousness informs itself through its creations. Vaccines fall Mm. into this as well. That is an external creation. But look at how it works. The vaccine works by actually giving us a little bit of the very thing that we're trying to defend ourselves against Mm. so that our body knows what to do with it. Our body, that vaccine is mimicking what our bodies do by themselves naturally. Uh-huh. From, the t- from the time that we were born, we have uh, an information system in our bodies. that A lot of people didn't, aren't even aware of. You've, we've all heard of tonsils. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't aware that we have three pairs of tonsils. We have six tonsils. And the, the job of those tonsils, and they're placed where they are for a reason, because when we're babies, man, we put everything into our mouths. We eat everything. Mm -hmm. And we're having our fingers in our mouths after we've touched everything and we eat dirt and we lick off the floor and we don't wash our hands as babies all the time. And what is happening is that through those tonsils, we are informing our bodies. We're giving our bodies little bits of the viruses and the bacteria that we will see in our lives every day so that our body knows what to do with those. And we develop those natural immunities in a very young age. uh, Vaccinations were designed to mimic that on a larger scale. Now, if the vaccine is given through the mouth, if it is an oral vaccine, it may help. It can for some people. Uh, And if it's given under the skin, now that we understand how vaccines work, you can think about this. If a vaccine is given under the skin, it bypasses those information systems in the throat. And all of a sudden, the body sees a foreign mm. contagion, but it didn't come through the information system of the tonsils. And your, and your body is saying, what is this? What do I do with this? Wow! So, so a lot of people are asking about this. There, is, there, there will be a vaccine that will be developed. Yes. And if, if someone, this is where we have to be honest with ourselves, if someone is in a vulnerable category of the population, mm. uh, all the, the, the factors that we just listed and age, Statistically, statistically, we are told that age is a factor. Now, I'm, I'm sta- stating that statistically, uh, and I believe it is possible, Coot, and I also believe it doesn't have to be necessary. And I'll tell you, I statistically, statistically, I am in an age where I'm told that I'm at risk. Huh. However, when I, I just had a physical recently, and, and what the medical doctor told me, I, I do a physical once a year for a baseline. And he said, you might be a man in your late 60s, Mm. which is is what I am. He said, but you have the immune system, and you've got the blood chemistry of a man in his 40s. He said, so whatever you do, he says, I'm a medical doctor. I don't understand everything you do. It's not my training. He said, but it works for you, and I invite you to keep doing it. Mm. So if we do nothing to maintain and enhance Mm. our biology, self-regulate our biology and our immune system, yes, it's possible that our immune response may deteriorate with age. Totally possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it doesn't have to. And our bodies respond so quickly, even if someone has neglected those factors that will give them the ability to, to be at their best, they can begin at any age and our bodies respond within days and weeks, not months and years. Mm-hmm. Our bodies will begin to respond. And this is a perfect time For all of us, all of us to say to ourselves right now, yes, I love myself enough Mm. to embrace the deep truths of what it means to be human and to optimize my humanness in the presence of something we've never seen, a global pandemic, so that when we come out of this, I come out of this as a powerful and empowered master rather than as a helpless victim and Amen. that I think is the opportunity that we all have before us right now. I love it. I love it. Two
0: final questions. One, one is, for those listening in, you know, a lot of spiritual folks, I know you've done a lot of research spiritually, scientifically. Are there any specific, obviously meditation, prayer, uh, is there anything specific you can teach or guide or kind of what would the most powerful, let's say, spiritual ways we can, or ways that we can connect with consciousness even more deeply during this time, uh, that would empower us, that would energize us? Is there any way you can guide us there? That's, that's one question. I,
1: I, don't, I don't really, it's a good question. And I don't really separate spirituality from everyday life Yes. Uh, per, personally. Mm. So what I wanna say, I, I do have uh, uh, a new book coming out. Mm. Uh, actually, it, it's released May 5th, uh, but Amazon had to clear the warehouses for medical supplies for COVID-19. So the, the book is available now. It's called "The Wisdom Codes." And I, let me just talk about it a little bit. It, it is based on the science of neurolinguistics. Mm. What neurolinguistics tells us is that there is a deep relationship between the words that we think, the words that we speak, and the way that the neurons in our brain, as well as our heart, wire and fire together. This was a discovery that was first made early in the 20th century, 1937-38, Yale University studying the Hopi language. When the discovery was made that the Hopi have no, no words to describe the future or the past. Everything is in the present. Everything is now. Everything is alive. Everything is conscious from their perspective. And their language reflects that. And their, their life view, their worldview, is a view of cooperation, of oneness, and unity, because that's all the language will support. Now, where this gets really interesting, even more interesting, is that what the science now is showing is that the words that we use determine not only how we think about what life brings to our doorstep, but the words determine what we are even capable of thinking of. What, what we can even conceive and imagine is determined by the language that we use to describe our life. Hmm. So where this comes in, into play in the new book, uh, it took me 40 years to write this book because for 40 years I have spent time <laughs> studying and living with ancient and indigenous people from the the monks and the nuns in the highlands of central China and Tibet and, and the, the sadhus in Nepal and the yogis and mystics in India, wow. uh, the healers and the curanderos in the Andes Mountains of, of Peru and the Altiplano of Bolivia and then our own American desert southwest. And the common theme in all those traditions is that they've always had words or phrases mm. that they've used in times of need. Those words or phrases were, were the chants, the hymns, the mantras, uh, the prayers that they used to help get them through difficult times. And this book is a collection of wow. those uh, categorized by things like loss and fear uh, and protection uh, coming from many and, and diverse traditions from the Upanishads and the Vedas, uh, the Egyptian uh, book of the Living and, and Dying from the Buddhist traditions, Native mm-hmm. American traditions, the Christian mystics, the Gnostics. So this is this book is is a collection of all those. So that's that's a background on the book. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to stop before I give an example. I'm going to ask does does what I've said does that make sense? Powerful, so far? powerful, powerful. Okay. Wow. So there there is uh, from the Native North American perspective, and, and specifically, yes. I'm going to I'm going to do this from the Navajo. In northwestern New Mexico and uh, parts of Arizona, the Navajo embrace beauty as a force of nature rather than as an aesthetic experience. Ah. So you know, we look at we look at something, we say, "Oh yeah, you know that that's really beautiful, cool." To them, it is just as much of a, of a force as gravity or the electromagnetic force, and. They have a way of embracing that that I use in my life almost every day. And it is three brief phrases. So let me share the phrases and what they mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that will help us to close out, I think, what we're talking mm-hmm. about. And this is an example of one of the wisdom codes, one of the many in, in the book. So the, the three phrases that the Navajo use when they talk about beauty, the phrases are simply this. Number one, the beauty beauty that I live with, number two, the beauty that I live by, number three, the beauty upon which I base my life. Mm. The beauty that I live with, the beauty that I live by, the beauty upon which I base my life. What do they mean? First phrase, the beauty that I live with is a reminder that beauty already exists everywhere, all the time, in all things. Our job is to seek it out, to find it. Yes. we don't have to create it so there are beauty in all things including the COVID 19 experience there is a beauty that is is inherent in this and i just shared what part of that beauty is it mm. it's an invitation for us to embrace the deepest truths of our humanness mm. that, that's one example of beauty the beauty that i live by is the opportunity for us to interpret and perceive whatever life brings to our doorstep through the eyes of beauty that empowers us rather than the eyes of fear that takes from us the very thing that we cherish the most, and that's life itself. The fear will steal our lives because it impairs our immune system. And if we ever needed that immune system at any time, we need it right now. So the fear actually creates the stress that depletes the immune system at the time we need it the most. So the beauty that I live by, Mm. the beauty upon which I base my life, this is a a cornerstone, it's a foundation in my life. And I say this to myself at least once a day, uh, to live my life in the presence of the beauty by embracing that beauty that already exists rather than buying in to the illusion of other people's fear. Mm. So I'm not saying it's not about right or wrong or good or bad because it transcends all of those. <clears throat> when when someone comes on TV and says, you know, people are dying from COVID-19, I'm not it that is a level of truth. That's a level of perspective, but we're moving above that now. Yes. Because because that death it is an experience for some people and those people fall into the vulnerable categories and we have the power to take ourselves out of those vulnerable categories. Mm. So the beauty that I, upon which I base my life, this is the question, do I love myself enough? I love that. To become the, the highest, strongest version of myself. Do I love myself enough to embrace my humanness in the presence of an experience that is stealing from us are very humanness. And that, mm. I think, is one of the beauties in what we're experiencing. We have an invitation to do just that right now.
0: Love, do I love myself enough to become the highest version of myself in the midst of this whole experience? That's such a powerful question.
1: Yeah, and, and if, if the answer is yes, then you have to follow through. Yeah, you have then to, you, have to, follow, you, have to exactly. yeah, you follow through, you take action, it means, okay, mm-hmm. what's my nourishment today? Mm-hmm. What is my movement today? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is my internal environment? Yeah. What, what is my heart saying to me, not what is the TV saying to me? Yeah. And, and all of these things are our ways of answering that yes in a yeah. way that's meaningful to our bodies.
0: I think it's such an empowering way of looking at things, folks, as we're listening to Greg sharing. Mm. We are not victims of our experience. We have the ability either to react or to respond, and those choices we'll make will determine whether we move you know, weekly into our future, or as Greg is saying boldly, Greg, final question, this can be brief, is the final question I like to ask all of the guests on, on the show is if you were to review your entire life, you said you're in your late 60s, you obviously lived the breadth of experience in life. As you reflect on the world, your experiences, ups and downs, and the, the, the decades of what you've lived. Uh, if there were just three key life lessons that, that, that you feel would be the most important wisdoms, you know, you spent time with the folks in the tribes, as you mentioned, and I, I'd love to hear more about that at maybe a, another interview, but if there were the three key life lessons, you feel the most important life lessons that you've learned that if you could only pass these three keys to the next generation that you would feel would evolve our humanity and our consciousness the most, what would the three Greg, Broad and Keys be?
1: Wow, well, we, this is unrehearsed. We didn't know we were going to do this. I, yeah, sure, I the first sure. thing, the first thing I would say is, do I love myself to be honest, truthful mm. and factual about my life experience? Honest, truthful and factual. Do I love myself to give myself and do for myself the things I need to do to be at my best? Um, and I, I think those two lay the foundation uh, for the third. And that is, do I love myself to embrace the beauty that exists and is present in all things? And if that becomes a cornerstone of our lives, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to do a corollary to this. So I think a lot of our listeners know that my life history, I, I come from a very dysfunctional, uh, unhealthy uh, abusive alcoholic family. Uh, nice. My father was the, the abuser. Uh, my mom, my younger brother, and I got the bad end of that deal back in the 1950s, 1960s and, until my father left. Mm. The day my, my father left our home, my mother gave me a book. She says, I think this book may help you through this difficult time in our family. You know, we didn't have therapy and counseling the way we do now back then, and we were left to our own devices largely. Uh, to find our way through difficult times. The book was a book. It was written in the uh, 1920s of the 20th century. It was a book by a man called Khalil Gibran. The book is called The The Prophet. Hmm. And it is a philosophical book. Each chapter is brief. uh, And it gives us a way to ponder one of the many facets of our life experience. And there was a chapter that stood out for me on work. Because everything we're talking about doing requires work. It takes work to love ourselves. It takes work mm. to honor our bodies. It takes work to change the way we think and to change our habits. Mm. Khalil Gibran said, "Work is love made visible."
0: Mm, so
1: each that. time, each time we think, "Man, this is going to take a lot of work." What we're saying is, uh, it's going to take a lot of work. Our love made visible. <laughs> And as I went through my life, we were horribly poor. We lived in government subsidized housing. We were more than broke. We were in the hole. Uh, I lied about my age. I went to work uh, in a copper factory in Northern Missouri. I used to load 50 pound bags of, uh, of cat food on the uh, railroad box cars wow. at night from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. so the trains could leave in the morning. Wow. And some people that I work with hated their jobs. And I went to work every day and I said, this is my love made visible. How can I do this better? And what I did was I turned those 50-pound bags into a, a workout. Hmm. Rather than going, going to the gym, I'd work right. my quads, I'd work my glutes, i worked work my pecs. Wow. And not only, not only did I get paid for that 12 hours, but I was in better shape when I left that rail yard than I was when I went to work because mm-hmm. that was my love made visible. And it's all about a perspective. It's mm-hmm. all about a perspective. So that's yeah. what I would say. Those are the three things that I would say to someone. I love it.
0: Powerful keys, three powerful keys from the amazing Greg Braden, author of the new book, Wisdom Codes. Folks, go check out the book, at, you, you know, Amazon online, get the book. I thoroughly recommend, uh, you immerse yourself in Greg's amazing work. Trust me. It has transformed my life over the years. And, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to inspire your soul in so many ways. The Wisdom Coast Greg, I'm very excited about reading this book myself. Um, what's the best way people can find out about you, your work, your, your website? Give us the, the, the best way people can stay connected. Sure.
1: My, uh, my name is Greg with two Gs. It uh, means I'm, I'm not a Gregory. It's just a Greg. So it is Greg S. I'm sorry. It's gregbrayden.com is the website. Uh, Greg Braden, G R E G G B R A D E N dot Uh, And it gives you everything you, anybody could ask about where I'm speaking, where I'm traveling, tours into Peru, the most recent book, uh, film clips, interviews, all kinds of things. So awesome. uh, I appreciate that, Coot. I want to thank you. I want to thank Heather behind the scenes for helping us to, to make this possible today. And I want to thank, I just want to thank all of our listeners for what, what you're going through right now. Yes. And for going through it to the best of your ability to be the best person you can be so that we can create the best possible world when we come out on the other side of this. I love you all. And I just, I'm, I'm so honored to be having this journey with the world that we have right now. So thank you all.
0: Greg, bless you. Folks, the amazing Greg Braden, dot com. Go to his website. You'll find out all of the information you need to know. The Wisdom Codes, check it out. Let me know how you enjoy The Wisdom Codes. Immerse yourself in his events. I'm, I'm actually looking forward sometime in the fall when all this lockdown opens up to actually coming and see Greg in person again. It's been a while. Folks, told you this was going to be a very special episode from a special human. Uh, I'm inspired. I trust that you are. I'm, I hope you've uh, managed to sh- begin shifting your perspective as a result of today's soul talk. Do me a favor folks, please share this episode with everyone you know. I, I feel that like everyone needs to hear the information that Greg is sharing from today's episode so we can move out of fear and into love and possibility and optimism and uh, become masters of our lives. Share this with everyone on social media. Send me an email, cootblackson at cootblackson.com. Let me know your key takeaways from today's episode and reflect on the question. Am I willing to love myself enough to become the highest, the strongest version of myself? Let me know. Keep on, everybody. Until next week, love now. Much love.